Welcome to the Heather Pity Podcast. This podcast is about going after the life that you're made for, not just surviving life, but actually thriving. So thanks for joining us. Let's jump in. Oh, <laughs> oh. I'm just going to record this. You're doing great. Yeah. Keep talking. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I just want to embrace the moment, mm-hmm. be fully present. And then within that, I'll, I'll find the answers. Like I said about like, you know, the answers are inside the person for their own life. Like mm-hmm. I'll find the answers that I need for my own life. Right. And I don't want to be pitied either. I like what you said about that. What are you learning with empathy training? Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, I do it to myself because I just mm-hmm. read a ton of books on empathy. So, <laughs> and you naturally but, have it. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, it's like, when do people have that? How do people have that secret gift of being able mm-hmm. to be good with people? Well, it's because they have empathy for people mm-hmm. and the empathy comes through those hard times that we've been in our life. Mm-hmm. And so when people are good at working with people, they have that empathy but they also are wise with it. You know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they know how much to talk about Mm -hmm. and how much to not talk about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So well said. (laughs) Yeah. And isn't that the tricky dance for those of us who are trying to be authentic and we're going to blow it sometimes. That's why I laughed. I go, Oh yeah, I've done that. I've overshared with the wrong person and it went over like a lead balloon. And then we feel the humility, you know, humiliation of it later. Right. The vulnerability mm-hmm. hangover. Yeah, yes. for sure. Yes. So it's like, but there needs to be, if a workplace has a space to allow for people to have that empathy for one another with the hard things that go on in their life, that place will continue to thrive and its employees mm-hmm. will want to stick around. Yeah. You yeah. know, like. Because who doesn't want to stick around to a job that you feel called to as a person? Mm-hmm. You feel like you are made to do it, mm-hmm. but then also that you're cared about so well. Mm-hmm. And the other thing with empathy is when you get intelligent with it, most of the time, it's just acknowledging people. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't have to simple. be the answer man. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's, it's like, mm-hmm. it's just literally acknowledging that someone's going through something mm-hmm. and let them talk about it. They're mm-hmm. the one that has the solution within themselves. Mm-hmm. We don't need to have that for them, but allowing that to be a space, you know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, it's the wisdom of, you know, doing that time and time again and learning how to navigate it. Mm-hmm. If it does get a little bit heavy, you know, yeah, um, cause that can happen. So it, knowing how to navigate that and lighten the mood. Mm-hmm. you know, um, with everything. So, well, and I, think I think it's, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah. No, I was going to say like when people don't know how to protect themselves, when they're yeah. being vulnerable, I think it's okay to step in and say, you know, say something that's encouraging, but lighthearted and like, okay, time to change the subject. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that everybody in the workplace needs to hear, but there are some things I do believe employees need to tell their bosses mm-hmm. because the boss mm-hmm. needs to know, how the person's doing as a whole person, mm-hmm. because they know that that could affect, you know, like mm-hmm. how they work. But if the boss is in the know, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more grace for the employee. Mm-hmm. Um, when the boss is not in the know, that's when people start asking questions, what's going on with this person? And then that starts the gossip train, you know what I mean? It, and then it just spirals. Yeah. So the ability Again, again, it goes back to if there's empathy in the workplace and it comes from the leadership Mm -hmm. and there's that space, I think it creates that 
space for employees to come to their bosses and say how they're really doing. Yeah. I love that you said that. That's the the book I'm writing on. I'm not using the word empathy, but I might integrate it in there, but on grace space mm-hmm. because there was so much harsh treatment. And again, I'm getting even more clarity as we're talking. It comes from within our, how we're speaking to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I know when I'm being mean to myself, I am I am a less productive coach, parent, mother, wife, friend, you fill in the blank. And I think to your point earlier of, I think this is why I get excited about you because this is why I'm excited about coaching versus counseling for the type of brain that I'm wired as counseling can really trigger that. I've got to have the answers. Mm -hmm. I already have to fight that pull in coaching, but the, the cornerstone of coaching is the client holds the answers within them. It's mm-hmm. our job to empower them to go after those answers. And I I have to consistently remind myself that over the years. And I just think if I were in a position as a psychiatrist or a psychologist, the pressure that I would feel to come up with the answers, which is that model that's in medicine or any kind of mental health, which the irony of all that is, is I think it's keeping people stuck and in some ways keeping them crazy and unhealthy. And so how do we do that growth work and that inner work and that deep dive that you did and then go, and I'm going to use it for coaching. Mm. That's what I get excited about because how many of us take that and then go use it into counseling because it was so therapeutic. And I want to go, I get it. I felt that pull too, but what if we use all that work we did in that growth work to say, and now I'm going to help you live up here. I'm not going to join you down here and stay down here with you, which is what I think a lot of therapy does and is important. Don't get me wrong. I'm always trying to say, I love it. I've hired my own. In fact, I'm talking to her in about 30 minutes. So I love having my own counselor there because I need them to meet me there. But man, to be a coach that says, you actually now get to trust yourself. You've done the work. What do you feel like your, your gut's telling you? What's your instinct telling you? What's your value code? that's running while you're making this decision. How are you slowing down enough, long enough to get your clarity and to check your beliefs and your confidence and then to have the courage to move forward? And what action steps are you taking based on your clarity and your confidence? These are all coach-minded questions because we've done the work. Mm-hmm. So everything you said today was so exciting for me to hear because I'm like, Joe, you're spot on. You're offering it and offering hope at a whole new level because you've done the work and I knew you would, but you surprised me even more today. Just, just well done. Thank you, Heather. I appreciate that. That's why I'm like, I don't care if they like it or not. I like it. We like it. And the other thing I'm learning too, is being a pioneer is sometimes in blazing the trail, two people like it, but it's fascinating. Five years from now, it's the new thing. Right. So I'm learning to trust that too. I mean, Brene Brown's first book did not sell. Right. And then she did the one Ted talk on vulnerability and that went viral and everybody went crazy about it, you know? And I feel like, and that's also not my mark of success, you know, as a follower of Christ, we get to go, maybe, maybe not. It might be meeting Nicodemus at night and that's about it. Or it might be feeding the 5,000. I don't know. And I no longer am saying I have to reach this standard over here. 
I just get right. to show up and say, oh, I know the world's hungry for this. And I know that they need this. And this is, I believe, what I have to offer. And I have to figure out how to, I'm starting this conversation, but I got to figure out how to grow it. Mm. So my newest project to get concrete is on um, these little 3C leading series books. So they're small yeah. books. And mm-hmm. it's something I want to be able to offer. And I'm already thinking, I want to do another one on this. Um, leading leading while grieving, you know, stepping right. into our leadership or supporting our employees that are um leading with grief, leading, leading while they're suffering, something along those lines. I haven't gotten the language down yet, but yeah, how do we step into that? Yeah, I think the gray space, the brave space, mm, you know, brave whatever space. Wanna, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, whatever we want to call it. I think you're right though. There's not a language for it right now mm-hmm. because if there was a language for it, it would be in every workplace. Yeah. But it's obviously not. And then, you know, um, I just keep thinking of that word empathy. You know, I just mm-hmm. think that when, when pl- workplaces have that, that it, it just turns the whole workplace around. Cause and then the other thing is, you know, the coaching side of things where Mm -hmm. you believe the answers are within the person. Mm -hmm. How would employees feel if when their boss walked into their office, the boss was already thinking, you're the expert. I believe in you. And the employee knows that. Mm -hmm. How are they going to work? They're going to work so hard for that boss because they're believed in. Yes. And that belief is going to fuel their thinking and their thinking is going to be much more productive and kind to themselves. Yep. And fight their false beliefs. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so then they're going to be ruminating on all of those good thoughts. Mm -hmm. Whereas the guy over at the other organization where the boss walks in and you're in trouble all the time, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're going to be thinking a whole bunch of different thoughts and they're going to be trying to save their butt. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, Mm-hmm. And, and that's how hard they work just to save their own behind. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different way to live and mm-hmm. go through pouring your life out to the work that you do. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that realm of coaching is so powerful because it comes from that perspective. And that is a little bit where counseling can go a little haywire mm-hmm. um, because you only need counseling to get you through those hard times. It doesn't mm-hmm. propel you to the next propel. level. That's the word I'm thinking of. Yes. You're so yeah. well said. Mm-hmm. And so coaching does that though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like those two elements, like a boss walking into your office who believes in you mm-hmm. and like, like his, his own thoughts are, mm-hmm. you're the expert, like you've got this. And then also there's a space for empathy mm-hmm. where the employee feels safe enough to talk about what they're going through. Mm-hmm. I think in the end, the beauty behind all of that is that when the boss is going through a hard time, the company has empathy for the boss. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right? They return. Yes. Because we've created a, a gray space or a brave space to. Exactly. And I think that's mm-hmm. going to become the future because what's the one thing that COVID started to bring out in every organization? Every organization now is starting to have mental health help. They're yeah. like, okay, we're going to now hire in a company yeah. Yeah. to provide, provide mental health for our employees because they're going through these hard times. Did they not need that before? 
they yeah. needed it before. Yeah. Right. Yes. But now because of COVID they've, they've now said, oh, this is serious enough. We need to actually do this because depression and mental health is becoming an issue. And so again, how do you do that? Well, you know what that's good. What's going to happen there is this, Yeah, is that if you only get help through a counselor in that selected space, that's not going to transfer over to all of the work-life culture. Mm-hmm. What needs to happen is in the work-life culture, there needs to be a little bit of teaching and intelligence on empathy for one another and a little bit of teaching about what coaching can do to change an organization mm-hmm. and a little bit of thinking about that coaching style of metacognition and being able to think the you know believe in other people because I'll tell you what every leadership book is starting to catch on to it always says this one thing assume positive thought uh, uh, intentions assume positive intentions oh, assume gosh. positive intentions lead and with like, good intentions is a phrase i use and i'm telling yeah. you they all chanted head i i walked in the conversation and i led with my good intent and they're repeating that back over and over and over because they're realizing right. that's the make it or break it point that will make the conversation either go well or it will make it completely explode and backfire. Exactly. And when it backfires, yeah. I say, did you lead with good intent? And they're like, damn it. No, I didn't. And I go, it's all right. Just go course correct and tell them why you were having that conversation. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And like, if those are the thoughts that start to ruminate through a business's head, uh, organizations, yeah. you know, employees and bosses, man, come on, who wouldn't want to work for that organization like that? That's attractive, you know. Yeah. And then, and then when you do that for people, you bring out a higher level of intelligence, and I think mm-hmm. that's the key mm-hmm. because then the business can be creative, mm-hmm. and creativity only flows in those grace spaces or those mm-hmm. brave spaces. Mm-hmm. Creativity does not flow when people are worried and you mm-hmm. know all those other things that we know, mm-hmm. you know, um, that businesses go through and everything. So. That's what's got me inspired with like coaching because I'm like, okay, I'm aware of all of this. Mm-hmm. And like, if I can, you know, get some education in that realm and some mm-hmm. professional development in like the coaching realm or whatever, I could step into a teaching district and really help out because I'm like, I know this inside and out. Mm-hmm. And I could, you know, come at it from a coaching perspective, which propels and elevates the thinking. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I think I could have a great impact, you know, it'd be nice if I didn't have to get paid, if I could just walk in and just do it, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but I do, I probably am going to have to get paid for it. So I'm going to need a little bit of like some professional experience and education, you know, to go along with it or whatever, but I don't know. Come. You got a lot, you got a lot, you got a lot more than you think just listening to yeah. you. It's why I press record and I'm serious. I it, pray about this, think about this, but um, just co-authoring one of these little books together. I'm telling you what was the best thing for me was writing that book. It created my language that I knew was in me. Right. And now all this other stuff is pouring out of me and I'm feeling this feistiness. And <laughs> sometimes yeah. I have to get feisty to get scrappy and say, this is what I want to talk about. I, I don't quite have a language for it yet, but I'm so tired of the violence. I'm so tired of the meanness. I'm so tired of the, the weirdness around suffering in the workplace. I think yeah. we can do this better and people are yeah, asking totally. for it. Yeah, I totally agree. And now's the time. You know? Yeah. Now is the time. Yeah. So 
think about that, pray about that. But um, just joining me on one of these little small sparks, I think I'm keeping it under 30,000 words. Because that's the other thing is people don't have time to read. So I want to honor that, meet them where they're at. And I'm like, if they can feel successful, Ken Blanchard just did a book, um, Simple Truths of Leadership. And it's literally like this. Here's the truth. And here's one page. It's 52 of them. So it's almost like a devotional on leadership. It's super simple, but it's brilliant, you know? So I'm trying to keep it real simple because people don't have, they're not reading like they used to. I love the book that I published and I feel like it's who I wanted to present to the world, but it's hopefully for the leader who wants to sit down and do some reflective work. That's what I wanted to go after. But now I'm going after like, how do I do these quick books where they can say, yeah, let's buy 300 of them, get them into the hands of each employee on the idea of gray space. Okay. Let's buy the whole series. This one's on empathy and we're going to focus on that. So all of this, you know, I'm looking at this going, oh my gosh, there's such a need for this out there. How do I grow that conversation and create these really quick things? And I have everything set up, Amazon, everything. So to me, I just go, Joe, join me, join me. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I love it. Give Sammy a hug for me. I will. Thank you so much, Heather. Appreciate your time. You too, my friend. Take care. Thanks for listening. And please drop a review. It really helps us out wherever you're listening from. And if you want to find out more about your clarity, your confidence, and your courage, go ahead and get my book and you can find it at heatherpenny.com. Cheering you all on.